0: Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Card Advantage. I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts, and joining me as always is the other host, Rich. Rich, how are you tonight?
1: Doing just dandy. That
0: is good to hear, sir. That is good to hear. Uh, I have to admit, uh, I am afraid for my life.
1: That's good to know.
0: I I know that that, uh, that came out of nowhere, and you weren't expecting it, but uh, recently I've been having some issues with my cell phone. And uh, it was doing this thing where the battery would get down to like 60% or so, and then it would just turn off just suddenly. And it'd be like, well, that's really weird. And I'd turn it back on and it would say the battery is dead. Then I would plug it in to charge it. And it would immediately say the battery was now at like 61% and go on its merry way. Uh Then I looked at the phone itself and uh, the back is bulging slightly. So uh the battery, the battery is in the process of trying to rupture is what's going on. So... I'm afraid that my phone may burst into flames at any moment. Interesting. Thus, I am afraid for my life. I like it. And I just thought I'd share that with you, because we haven't really talked about that. But now you know that when you called me earlier today, I did take my life into my own hands just to talk to you. Nice. And I ordered a new phone, and it's on its way. It's in Illinois right now, so... In a couple of days, I'll no longer be afraid for my life, at least not because of that. Maybe maybe for other reasons, maybe because I'm an astrophysicist, and I do live in constant fear of the universe killing us all. So there you go. Uh Hey, welcome to Card Advantage. This is episode number 104, I believe, by our reckoning. Uh, we are recording here at the very beginning of December in 2015. We're coming into the holidays. Which I guess is exciting. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving, Rich?
1: I did, and yourself?
0: Eh, it was okay. You know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't awful, wasn't spectacular. It was just, an, it, was a, it was Thanksgiving.
1: Alright, so I'm seeing something that's completely new to me. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you a question. Alright. Are you aware of a new basic land type?
0: Okay, look, there are rumors. Those are unofficial. Unofficial. Completely unofficial. There has been no announcement, at least as of this recording, to my knowledge, that this is real. However, the unofficial, I stress that unofficial indication seems to be that, yes, there is a new basic land type. It's called a waste, and it produces colorless mana. Those are the things we know at this time. Well, I also know that they're going to have to change the rules a little bit for basic lands, because right now, uh, in the comprehensive rules, they call out the five basic lands in the basic lands section so okay they're gonna have to make some alterations we don't know yet what the rules are going to do with these uh it seems to be that they have created it for and in my opinion and okay now we're going down a rabbit hole by the way this is not what the show's
1: about. Yeah, i'm folks, sorry so. I, no no I, it's I, fine it's fine just... uh
0: you know the the other podcast i'm on monday Night magic we steadfastly refuse to do unofficial spoilers and so we've avoided this topic
1: and I I try to, I don't like unofficial either. I really yeah, don't.
0: I'm not a huge fan, but I have to say that if these are faked, oh my god, did they do a good job.
1: Spectacular. Because
0: these things really look real. Uh, but it seems to be that they've tried to do it for a couple of reasons. One is for flavor reasons, because of course, we're currently on Zendikar, where the Eldrazi are eating up the land and doing awful things to it. And the other one is that for some time now, they've wanted a way to make it so that in Commander... If you have a colorless general, you could still run basic lands. So this gives you that option.
1: Both are fair. I mean I, I I that's I support that. That's I agree. Yeah.
0: And I guess I no, I I've actually got no corner case right now for why why you might want to do that. But there it is. Again, it's a thing. We're gonna table that for now. I'm sure we will revisit this and its ramifications once we have uh official spoilers for this. Uh, Other things that we will revisit, we were just talking about this just before we started recording here tonight. Uh, We are aware there is a new Commander product and that we have not talked about it. Don't worry, we will. Just not tonight. That's also not the topic
1: of tonight's show. We're talking about the hammer.
0: Yeah, tonight Tonight we need to talk about something else. And uh, Rich came up with this topic, and when he suggested it at first, I'm like, huh, that might be interesting. And the longer I thought about it, the more I liked it. And tonight we have to discuss that most, uh, I'm not going to call it an an elegant weapon, because it's not. But it is a powerful weapon, and that is the ban hammer. It's a tool in Watsi's arsenal that gets used from time to time when there are problems. Maybe sometimes before there are problems. Maybe sometimes when that problem's been there for a long time. But they have the ability to ban cards in sanctioned play in different formats. Uh now we'll we're not going to go at least I don't think we will. Who knows where we'll end up. I don't think we're going to talk about restricting cards, which is a tool they have in vintage, but let's actually no. just talk about uh, about banning.
1: And as we talk about banning, we're not going to focus on the banning of anti cards.
0: Oh, uh, anti yeah, yeah, we're not going to yeah. talk about that. I mean, that is yeah. a thing. Okay. So yeah, let's let's get the easy ones out of the way first. There are two categories of cards that most definitely Are banned they were banned from basically the first time they realized they should be banning cards and they're gonna stay banned forever and one is anti long long ago in the before times back in the Dark Ages Magic originally had this concept of anti, and, you know, at some point maybe we should have a whole show about anti where we'll get some old timers on here to talk about it. But the basic idea was this. Let's say Rich and I are going to play a game. We would sit down, we would shuffle up, and then we would each take a card at random from our deck and set it aside, and it was now in the anti-zone. If you check the comprehensive rules, the anti-zone still exists. We'll set it—at least I think it does. I should double-check that, make sure we didn't remove it. You'll set a a card aside in the anti-zone, and then we would play— And if Rich wins, he gets both the cards in the anti-zone. So this did some weird things. I mean, on the one hand, you want to run all your best, most powerful cards so you can try and win. On the other hand, if you put that one copy of, oh, I don't know, Black Lotus that you have in your deck. This is back in the day when Black Lotus wasn't a bajillion dollars. Let's say you had that one copy of Black Lotus in your deck. Well, it might have gotten pulled out at random and put in the anti-zone, and when you lose to Rich's completely jank, let's say green ramp deck.
1: Hell yeah. Then,
0: <laughs> then Rich suddenly has your sweet, delicious black lotus. So.
1: But, I mean, but didn't that make you play with an illegal deck size?
0: Ah, uh, look, it incentivizes a lot of terrible things. You don't really want that. There were cards that interacted with the anti-zone. There were cards that would tell you that you could swap what was in the anti-zone or you could add stuff to the anti-zone. There were all kinds of weird things that you could do with it. All of those cards, once we got to competitive magic, they absolutely positively had to go. And the real reason that they had to go is uh, that thing that we were doing, that is like dangerously like gambling. And we cannot do that. So anti's not coming back. So anyone who's a big anti-fan, I'm sorry not gonna happen, um, but it's totally a thing. Uh, so those are gone. The other kind of card that is banned and is going to stay banned forever are cards that require manual dexterity. So, like, cards uh, where you have to, like, uh, flip your card onto the table and things that it touches do things, or... Uh, so,
1: wait, wait, there, there's cards that do that outside of unglued and unhinged? I think there
0: was, early in Magic's history, there was a card that did that. Um, man, I am blanking on its name right now. Uh, but I'll bet if we look at the, I would say if we look at the legacy band and restricted list, we can probably find it, but no, let's, let's look at the vintage one. Actually, that should easily indicate what these are, uh, vintage band list magic.
1: Cause that's pretty much the only band stuff in vintage, isn't it? Uh, yeah, those two things are
0: pretty much it for, uh, for band, for vintage, um, band and block. Nope. Don't care about that. Modern vintage. Okay. I don't know what most of these things do do uh oh oh here's one yeah so chaos orb chaos orb is a perfect example of this uh the original chaos orb red uh and i'll read you the the text that was on it uh one that's your your mana cost flip chaos orb onto the playing area from a height of at least one foot chaos orb must turn completely over at least once or it is discarded with no effect when chaos orb lands any cards in play it touches are destroyed as is chaos orb yeah, so this card, banned. Just straight up banned in vintage. This card requires manual dexterity to do. Those sorts of things can be abused. We are not playing three card Monty the game. We are playing Magic the gathering. No manual dexterity cards. Now, occasionally you'll find cards that are printed in like unsets and, uh, like holiday promos that do weird, crazy stuff like that. Uh, and those, those are fine because they're not actually, uh, tournament playable. So don't worry about those at all. But yes, those are, those are banned. Wow, really? That's banned? That's weird. Oh, oh, it's because it's a conspiracy card. I think all the conspiracy cards might also be banned in, uh, yeah, they're banned in in vintage because it's not a draft format. Right. Huh, hadn't really thought of that. Sorry about that sidetrack there, dear listeners. But yeah, so those two major categories, anti-cards, manual dexterity cards, those are gone. But what's more interesting and what we want to talk about tonight, what Rich and I want to engage in a discussion, and I want to be clear, what we're about to do is a discussion. He and I have not really talked about this ahead of time. We're not going to have an argument. We're not going to decide anything for realsies here tonight. It's not even really a debate. It's just a discussion. We want to talk about the kinds of things that get banned why banning should be done? What sorts of criteria we would like them to use? Not necessarily what they use, because in truth, I mean, Watsy can ban whatever they want. In practice, they're probably not going to willy-nilly just ban stuff because, well, that leads to chaos and chaos orbs. So, so let's talk about bannings. Rich, what would you ban? Let's, let's start there. Let's just do a broad question. If you could ban any card from any format right now, what would it be? Forest. <laughs> <laughs> oh reaching for the brass ring right off the bat just you know what forest gone okay gone um, all right uh i'll ask or- what's your logic what's your reasoning behind that
1: that's do like green
0: okay all right well at least uh, but we're really honest I-
1: here i have a hard time saying things should be banned okay and I'm not saying something shouldn't be banned because I want cuz our discussion of ban it's not just standard or modern or legacy or edh or it's me it's just a, the concept of banning a card sure and so i guess i don't like banning cards very often
0: okay so just in general you would describe yourself as uncomfortable with even the concept of banning that it's
1: i mean sometimes probably... i totally get it like as an example emerkol being banned from commander 100 percent get it it's in commander the 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 cards and the pool and the tutor it's too easy to get ever call out turn three and just kill everybody and that's not fun for anybody right so like things like that i totally get because it's super abusable and i guess legacy is the only real format i understand banning is because it includes pretty much everything Mm mm-hmm and what Wizards is designing a new set, they cannot think about everything when they make a card what's gonna be broken. I mean it's it's they just they don't have the time or the resources to think, oh, this card's great, ah, but it's broken if you use a card from Alpha. I mean So I totally get why they some of that stuff is done. I know that's some things they do think about, but that's why I get it in legacy. Sure. Like modern, I don't think any card should be banned in modern. Except wow. maybe Mind skull.
0: Okay, so he
1: might be the only thing I think is deserving of a ban in modern because, like, he's not banned in Legacy because he's not one thing in Legacy. Four mana is extremely high. Two, he's easy to deal with. Like, not easy, but he's you can deal with him in Legacy because he's not the only thing that's broken in Legacy.
0: Okay, so you're saying there are, there are answers in Legacy, so it's okay there, but yeah. that it's modern it's and tipped mod- way too far.
1: I don't God. feel modern has. Is good of answers to deal with, Mind Sculptor. Hmm. So honestly, if, if in modern, if that was the only card to be banned, would be Mind Sculptor. I would think Mind Sculptor would be it.
0: Sure. Okay. So let me just make sure I'm clear. So you're saying that in some formats, you can see where uh, the potential for abuse is the reason you might want to ban something. But as far as modern goes, you think the only thing we really ought to ban is Jace.
1: It. That's yeah. That's my opinion. Okay. I don't think Stoneforge is broken. Sure. I I do not feel she should be banned.
0: Okay. All right. So you you'd bring back the Stoneforge. Okay. I'm Absolutely. Gonna, I'm going to table she's... Stoneforge for a moment, but I think that we should revisit Stoneforge in a little bit. But let's let's table Stoneforge for a second. Uh If le- okay. Let's let's back up to my original question and let's pretend that Morrow just called you on the phone and after he had a good chuckle about Forrest... <laughs> Uh, you would say eliminate the banned list completely in modern and just ban Jace is what you're saying. Yes. There's no other card that you go. You know what? That card. I just don't like that card. I think it's unhealthy.
1: I think Ponder and Preordained are really good for Twin mm-hmm. and Storm. Sure. But it's still not to me. It's not enough for them to be on the list.
0: Okay. So you'd bring back an hour. Man, we're we're really going. Uh, off label here, but you'd, you'd bring back ponder
1: and Critter. actually. No, I'm sorry. There is one more card I would keep on the ban list. Okay. Burning Shoals.
0: Burning Shoals. Really?
1: With the, white, the with uh, blighted agent and things like that. Absolutely. Because hmm. that's the red one that you discard and you like can pump a, an infect creature huge on like turn three, turn two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because, in fact, it's so, e- it's so fast, and that I just feel Burning Because sh- first modern term it, Bur- Burning Shoals destroyed it. I mean, thank you, Sam Black, for that. Uh, actually, no, I don't know. I'm iffy on Burning Shoals. Maybe not. Okay. I guess I can't 100% say that Burning Shoals, but that would be on my list of considerations.
0: Burning Shoals. I'm not finding Burning Shoals.
1: Is that not its name?
0: That's what I'm wondering. Because I think I-, I know the card you're talking about. What the
1: what do I feel dumb now? Then it's not the worst mistake we
0: made. Someone right now, somewhere, is screaming at their iPod what the name of this this card is. Um. See, I thought that was its name. T- t- how about How about Blazing Shoals?
1: Maybe that's it.
0: You may exile a red card with converted mana cost X from your hand rather than paying it, and creature gets plus X plus zero. Yeah, that's the one. It's Blazing yeah. Shoal. Yeah, Blazing, Blazing Shoal is the card we. Blazing Shoal. Okay, and so you'd Maybe. get rid of Blazing Shoal simply because. Maybe.
1: It... Just because you can kill with a Blighted Agent turn two.
0: Okay, so speed. Speed is possibly another consideration. I mean,
1: anything that. Any deck that can win turn two, turn two, turn three. I mean I I don't like like turn 2 you would win you could win with Glistener elf mm-hmm. by exiling burning Shoals with um, pro, uh, uh, progenitus. Right. Yeah. Uh when turn 3 with blighted agent cuz he can't be blocked. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's, and then with all the new hexproof stuff that is out there that the, that the um Infex decks have bef- before burning, you know, you know after blazing Shoals was banned. Yeah. I I think it's a very the deck itself becomes almost too oppressive.
0: Right. Okay. So oppressiveness but is another.
1: It is because I. But again, I mean, I'm still I'm not 100% sure because I think now there's also more answers for things like that too.
0: Right. And so answers are a consideration for you as well. I, I think we're hitting a lot of yep. really good topics here that we might want to tease apart uh, a little bit more. Um. So I will uh make my suggestion of a card to ban if they just called me up and said, "Hey, Clues, what card would you like to ban?" And long time listeners probably can guess what it is. I would ban Sensei's Divining Top in all formats ever. That's fair. I do not think that that card belongs in competitive magic. And, uh, hear, hear me out, dear listener. I recognize that it is a powerful card. I recognize that it is a useful card. And I'll even, uh, I'll even grant that some people are pretty good with a top and that they can execute topping uh, at the end of turn, uh, on my upkeep, and in response, because that's when you do those things, really quickly. And it doesn't slow down the game that much. Those individuals exist, but there are individuals who can play high tide in a timely fashion too. But just because one or two folks can do that doesn't mean that the rest of us can or should. But I think that Sensei's Divining Top does two things that are problematic for competitive magic, two things that I don't like. The first one is it slows games down. And it slows games down a lot, particularly if you've got two decks running Sensei's Divining Top. It's just miserable to watch. Absolutely miserable. The second thing is, uh, I understand that you want consistency in a deck, but I think there needs to be a balance. Now, I'm going to go ahead and make a confession. Confession time, dear listeners. I don't actually hate blue as much as you might be led to believe. I I don't like blue, I don't enjoy playing blue strategies, but I recognize the power and the utility of a lot of these blue spells. I think that blue gets way too many broken cards, way too many things that are abusable. But the number one goal of many of these cards in blue is to smooth out the deck, to make it more consistent, to make it run like a finely tuned engine where every game plays out virtually the same way. I understand that that's a very skill-intensive thing to do, and that someone who's very talented with a blue deck can do amazing things with it and put up great results and very consistent tournament finishes. At the other far end of the spectrum, I don't actually want games to be purely random, okay? I'm not advocating for that at all. But you need some randomness. You need a little bit of chaos in it. You need to have that feeling that when two players sit down at a table... Regardless of the decks they're playing, regardless of their skill level, there's always a slight chance that one player is gonna win just due to randomness. It can be a slight chance, that's all we really need, but that excitement is what makes it so, you know, Rando, who plays Kitchen Table Magic, is willing to take his janky deck to a GP and have his first amazing GP experience of sitting down across the table from a pro player and, you know, getting completely destroyed. Cause that's usually what happens. But still, Having that appeal is necessary, I think, for the game. And I think that if you get too consistent, if you smooth things out too much, that is also detrimental to the game. And I think that Sensei's Divining Top fails on both of those fronts. It makes decks too consistent. It makes greedy decks too consistent. And it's too slow. And so I don't think it belongs in tournament magic at all. So that's what I'd get rid of. And you've actually stumbled across two of my criteria— for uh, cards that need to be banned in competitive formats. Now, I want to be clear, I'm talking about competitive formats here. I have slightly different criteria for uh, something like Commander, which I do not consider to be a competitive format. If you're playing competitive Commander, I'm glad you enjoy that, but it's not my cup of tea. I don't think it should happen. But in competitive Magic, you do have to take the tournament itself into account. Otherwise, you're going to have a bad time, because a lot of these cards that we'll be discussing here they they have ramifications for how a tournament runs. Uh so I would go top. But anyway, let's talk about a couple of these topics that we have brought up thus far. So, uh abusable. What does it mean for a card to really be abusable?
1: I think it's something that's too easy to it's too easy to use its effectiveness in many different ways that are hard to deal with.
0: Okay. So uh if it's some sort of combo that's difficult to pull off or uh some complex thing that's fine but if it's like something with a really easy effect easy to jam into a lot of decks and when they do it you can't do anything about it that's bad yeah okay i i think i agree with that i think i absolutely agree with that um speed also came up You had mentioned speed as being a thing. So, like, turn two kills in Modern, not a fan. Why? And I'm not saying I disagree, but why don't you want turn two kills in Modern?
1: I don't think you want turn two kills in any format, honestly.
0: Ooh, Ooh, the vintage people might disagree.
1: You're not playing... You're not even playing a game. (laughs) I mean, one, if your deck's that fast, your opponent most likely has no chance to... is almost no chance to respond, especially if you're on the play and they're on the draw. Mm -hmm. It's not fun for your opponent... I can't imagine it's that fun for you. I mean, maybe the first couple of times, yeah, it's great, but after that, it's gotta be like, old. I don't know. just, that's not fun. I mean, that's, that's not a healthy game. I mean, can you imagine playing any game that lasts th- th- three minutes?
0: I can, actually. I, I have a great story about that that I know I've told on a previous episode, but I'll, I'll go ahead and retell it here. Um, so I do play Legacy. For those who don't know, I'm a Legacy player when I get to play, which isn't often these days, been real busy. For a long time, I played Goblins. It's one of my favorite decks. Goblins. Uh, it's a great aggro deck. Um, I was playing Goblins against a buddy of mine, uh, back in the day, back at Atomic Empire in Durham, North Carolina. It's a great shop. You should check it out. Actually, it was at, at Sci-Fi Genre, which was the store that preceded Atomic Empire. They changed their name. Uh, but anyway, I was playing against a guy who was a Storm player. And that's all he played. Like, if, if, if he sat down across from you, you knew he was playing Storm. And he was very good at it he knows I'm playing goblins at the time I owned exactly one legacy deck and it was goblins. And so he sits down and, uh, he, he won the die roll. He's on the play. And so I pick up my opening seven and it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I can do nothing with this hand. So I'm like, I've got a mulligan. And he's like, that's fine. And he sets his hand down and I mulligan to six. And I look at my six and I'm like, this is also absolutely terrible. There's no way I'm going to be able to do anything with this. I throw it back. i mull to five. I pick up my five and I'm like, okay, I can live with this. I'm on the draw. Let's give it a go. And then uh Richard, who is across from me there, uh, he picks up his hand and he combos off and kills me. Turn one. He knew he had the combo in hand. He knew he was going to kill me turn one. And he knew that I was on goblins and all he really had to do by the time I got to five was just go, yeah, I've got it. And I would have gone okay, game two. So yes, I have experienced the like three minute game, but it was all me shuffling, like a hundred percent was was me shuffling. And you're right, it is miserable.
1: I mean, one for your opponent, it's actually demoralizing. I agree. And for you, it honestly, it just—I can't imagine it's that fun.
0: You wouldn't think so, but given some of the decks people play, I don't know. I, I guess so, there's an appeal to it.
1: Yeah, I guess like I, I don't know for sure, but that's something that I just don't—I just don't agree with that um yeah, spe- something that makes your deck that consistent and that easy to win the game like that which was a snap by the way if you didn't hear that i don't i just don't like that i just don't think that's fun that's not healthy magic
0: yeah i agree it it is a game it's not magic it's something else and i don't i don't like it either uh so. Now, that being said, there are turn one and turn two kills that exist in formats like legacy and even in vintage, although vintage games actually usually take quite a bit longer than that sounds, because generally your opponent has some answer to what you're doing. So there's a little bit more give and take than most people give it credit for. But given that, do you think that we need to go further with some of these bannings? Do we need to dip into legacy and vintage and try and eliminate turn
1: one and turn two kills? No. Okay, why not? They're rare and they're inconsistent in legacy.
0: Mm, I don't know about that. We've got, I mean, how many, we got so ponder many car- and brainstorm and all those guys.
1: Yeah, but so many car- so many decks run force of will that just stop them in their tracks.
0: Ah, so that gets to another topic that we mentioned, which was answers. If there aren't answers in the format, that changes what you can or should ban. Is what you're telling me.
1: It does, like like modern two turn kills is. Rough because there's not a lot of answers for that. Right. I mean, like, you could try to lightning bolt the, um, you know, the guy that's getting blazing shoals mm-hmm. and like that. So, but that Unless means. they're hexproof. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, like, I'm trying to think, is legacy, like, with something like um, Force of Will, it's pretty easy to stop those. Like, because uh, you could counter t- turn one. Right. I don't know. Is mental misstep legal in legacy?
0: Uh, it is not, thank God. Um, it was briefly. And then, like every deck had to run for. I had four copies main deck in my re, mono red goblins build, and so they're like, "Yeah, this this is probably wrong. Let's get rid of that."
1: Because the only counters. I mean, I know Legacy has tons of one mana spells, but I, I guess I don't. I don't I don't play in the format, so I guess I can't judge mental misstep being banned. Like I don't think it should be banned. In- really. Hmm. It only counters one mana spells. Yeah,
0: I don't know what would happen if we
1: unbanned it in modern. Honest, but like, look at the deck. What 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 decks does it hurt?
0: Well, anything that wants to play a turn one thing. Anything that wants to play a sensei's. Oh, that's banned in modern. It is. Wait, is it? Wait a minute. Is sensei's divining top banned in modern? Actually, if, I don't know. If it's not, it should be. No, no, I don't think it is. I I think I've. Well, now I have to go take a look. You made me doubt myself.
1: I think I think it is because I think it would, it would be played, I and no decks run it. Think. It's got to be banned. That and Jite are both banned, I believe.
0: Sensei's div- I know I know Jite is Jite was banned from day one in uh, Modern, and thank God for that. Yes, Sensei's Divining Top is banned in Modern. Thank God. Okay, good, good.
1: I mean, like your mental misstep is not hurting Storm,
0: uh, isn't it?
1: What in Storm?
0: Oh, there are plenty of one mana things that Storm does. What? Oh, well, they, they ponder? They, they brainstorm? Nope. No, they don't.
1: Nope. Don't they? Not, not modern. Ponder's Oh, modern.
0: oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not think, I, I, sorry. I don't think of modern usually. I'm thinking of, uh, of legacy, legacy here. My yeah, apologies. I'm talking
1: specifically modern. I told, I, I, more understanding of mental misstep and legacy. Yeah, modern I don't get because like, what does it do in storm? What does it do to what does it do to twin? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really hurt a lot of the combo decks because combo pieces are more expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, let's see. You can counter a bird, a noble hierarch. Yeah, mana dorks. Glistener elf.
0: Yeah, the mental misstep might slow down like or uh, uh, infect, bullets. which is lightning. probably good.
1: It gets stop lightning bolt. Outside of that, those those are the big. One mana, I suppose. I can think that's in modern. That mental misstep hurts, mm-hmm. but is that really crippling a deck?
0: I no, mean, I don't think so. But
1: I'm I'm curious. Is are they more banned because they go in everything because of Phyrexian mana?
0: Yeah, I think that that is another thing that we might want to address, and that is the concept of format warping. Right, if there's a card or a, a few cards that are so good that basically every deck needs to run them, that's probably not healthy.
1: Because, like, Gataxian Probe is Phyrexian man and Anyone could play it, but it doesn't go in every deck. Right. Whereas, and you don't even want it in the sideboard, but where Mental Misstep probably would be a four of in every sideboard, just in case they play a Delver deck. I'm sorry, I forgot about Delver. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, Delver. Huh.
1: Which means he's not a super popular deck in Modern, but he is a deck in Modern. Yeah. So I mean so there's a few things it does that people would run those against for specific decks. And maybe that's it just because they fit in every deck because of Phyrexian mana. Maybe that's a good enough reason. But then again, I think December Dismember fits in all decks too, and I don't understand why more people don't run it.
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um I think it's it
1: removal to every color in the game. It, every deck in the game.
0: When that card right. was legal in standard, there were a lot of decks that were not in black that were playing that card.
1: Granted, I mean, it is for life you pay, but still,
0: sometimes that's for the best.
1: Yeah, if it gets rid of gets rid of certain things, yeah.
0: Sometimes a goif just has to die.
1: Like, like Pod that was banned in modern, re- pretty recently, wasn't it?
0: Uh Pod was banned relatively recently, uh, at least as this is being recorded. Um,
1: and I don't agree with the banning of Pod.
0: Okay, okay, so you were fine with Pod? Why?
1: It, Pod wasn't unbeatable. Okay. It, it was a super consistent deck, yes, but there's some there's a lot of different variations. So it wasn't like it was the same deck. It wasn't like the same thing. It wasn't unbeatable. I mean, I know it was consistent in the way you built your deck and your mana curve, but it still you could still brick. You could still run a rough deck. It wasn't like a perfectly flawless deck. I mean, I think that was more banned because everyone played it, and I think again that was a format warping thing where people. All Dex said, okay, we have to be able to beat Pod. Well, if we can't beat Pod, we play Pod. It's kind of like a, it feels like it's like a Cobblade effect in modern. Oh, yeah.
0: Let's, let's get to Cobblade. But before we do, I want to, uh, uh, pause on birthing Pod. So when Pod was banned and there was, there was kind of a big outcry from Oaks.
1: Huge outcry.
0: Uh, here was the logic from the announcement from Watsy. So I'm now quoting from, uh, article from January 19th of 2015. So the very beginning of this year. Uh, and they say, uh, in modern, over the past year, Birthing Pod decks have won significantly more Grand Prix than any other modern deck and compose the largest percentage of the field. Each year, new powerful options are printed, most recently Siege Rhino. Over time, this creates a growing gap between the strength of the Pod deck and other creature decks. Pod won five of the 12 Grand Prix over the past year, including winning the last two. The high percentage of the field playing Pod suppresses decks, especially other creature decks, that have an unfavorable matchup. In the interest of supporting a diverse format, Birthing Pod is banned.
1: Siege Rhino is so dumb.
0: Yeah, Siege Rhino, that's...
1: <laughs> Podding that thing is the dumbest thing I've it ever heard.
0: pretty much is. Uh,
1: and I, that explanation is what what I understood... That's why when they ban Pod and they explain it that way, I got it. Yeah. I don't know 100% agree with it, but I got it.
0: But this is a perfect example of what we mean when we say format warping.
1: And because they're right, because they can't not print creature good creatures because Pod exists. Yes. And they're right. Every time they print a new good creature, Pod develops. It gets better. Right in the Pod deck. It gets deck. better, and it gets better. I mean, eventually, you're just, yeah. So, But yeah. like... I don't. I got. I, I don't hundred percent agree with it, but I get it. There's a few uh, bans I get that I I get. I don't agree with, but I get. Um, so I guess when I said I wouldn't ban anything, I guess I have to go back on that because I hundred percent solely support the banning of whatever they did that ruined eggs. I don't well, uh, remember what the banned for that, but I 100% support it.
0: Yeah, well, Eggs was a terrible, terrible idea.
1: And so I guess there are certain things. That, and the the reason that Dex should have been banned, outside of the fact that you're playing solitaire, it's boring. It's boring to play against. It's I, It can't be fun to do. It's awful. <laughs> and, I mean, Bri- Brian Kibler, my, <laughs> it is. It's horrible to watch. I can't imagine playing against it. Watching Stanislav Sifka win a pro-, a pro tour with that watching his opponents just like i hate their i i can't imagine what was going through their mind because i was bored watching them and they're losing to it so they gotta be just miserable yeah and my hero brian kibbler for <laughs> so those
0: for those who don't know uh, at at this particular event that just was just before they decided to ban uh,
1: uh enough of eggs that it wasn't and viable I anymore. I honestly think this is the t- this was the tipping point. I think
0: it was too. Uh Brian Kibler at one point while his opponent was going off, I believe asked the judge if he could get up and go to the restroom because there was no interaction going on. This was just completely there was no reason for him to be there. And, and
1: it was pretty much the judge was supposed to watch his opponent, so he didn't cheat right. while he left. While he left. On camera. Yeah. He was on camera tonight. That was streaming.
0: That's never, never
1: a good feeling. And Wizards has to look at that. This is a problem.
0: So there comes to uh, another possible reason to ban cards. Uh Is it boring to watch? Now, I I don't know if that's a criteria that we should be looking at, but I think at least bears discussion. I mean, we're I trying...
1: If, I don't know if that's valid, more of tournament disruption.
0: Okay, sure.
1: Because... One, your opponent, like literally your opponent, because you can ask the judge to watch your opponent while you go to the restroom so they don't cheat.
0: Uh, you you can. Uh, we'd like to reserve that for emergencies. Like, seriously, I got to go now? I, right. Or I'm going one way or the other, whether I get up or not. So how about if I get up? We'd like you to get up. Just but, call a judge.
1: I mean, eggs was so, I, I call it tournament disrupting, but it wasn't really disrupting the tournament. It was long. It was a. Awful thing to go through, and
0: let's let's call it tournament impact. How about that?
1: There we go, tournament impact. Tournament, in-
0: uh, but we are trying to portray Magic nowadays as a spectator event. Um, I'd like to go as far as to say a spectator sport. I'd like more people to watch it. There's pretty high barrier to entry to watching Magic and getting anything out of it because, so really honestly, high, if you don't play barrier. Magic – well, I don't know why you're uh, listening uh, to this podcast, but
1: – To me, it's like playing – watching professional League of Legends. If you don't understand what it is, you're never – you're not going to, and it's not going to be entertaining.
0: Yeah, it's all just gobbledygook if you don't know what's or going on. Or
1: watching professional StarCraft or any – like eSports and like Magic. I can't call it eSport because it's not, but I think it falls into a similar category of a yeah. niche – sports, I'm going to put quotes around that, uh, where the barrier to entry for enjoyment is extremely high.
0: I'm, I'm going to make an analogy here, and I will apologize in advance to our overseas listeners. Okay, I've got nothing against you guys. I swear I've got nothing against the sports that you guys enjoy. I swear, go right ahead and enjoy them. I'm just going to use an analogy for some of our stateside listeners to see what we're getting at. Have you, Rich, and I know the answer is probably no, but I'm going to ask anyway. Have you ever listened to the BBC World Service? No. Okay. So late at night, a lot of NPR stations will run the feed from the BBC World Service. And when they do, occasionally they will get to the subject of sport. And while they're talking about sport, they will often give us recaps of cricket matches. And if you've never heard uh someone with a nice, refined British accent telling you about what went on in a British cricket match or in a in a world cricket match, I suppose I should say. It sounds like complete nonsense. Like absolute, <laughs> I, complete, utter like they're just making I've, up words now.
1: I've heard cricket terminology. I'm like, how is that a sport? And look and again, that is no offense to people who enjoy cricket. That's
0: right. I know people enjoy it, and that's fine. That's that's great. I'm glad you enjoy cricket. But you have to admit that there is a lot of fairly specialized jargon in a cricket match that doesn't make any sense out of context. And so as an outsider looking in, no idea what's going on. And I think that magic suffers from the exact same barrier. To
1: entry. I'll pull a one that clues might not understand, but some of our listeners might understand. Our eighty carry needs to buy BT now, or we might lose late game.
0: Yeah, I don't know what most of that exactly.
1: means. That's some, that's something you might someone might say in a professional League of Legends match.
0: I was going to say, it sounded like League, because I've heard some League jargon before.
1: But... And that's what that was. Like People who play League probably all understood what I said.
0: Yeah. But I, I, like I, you that's... who
1: don't want to play, you don't know.
0: And I think that's Magic's biggest uh, uh, problem with uh, being
1: and an what, eSport. When I said barrier to entry is extremely high. I don't mean like... Very few people can watch it. It's just, you need more, a little bit more than a basic understanding of magic to enjoy it.
0: Yeah. And it takes some motivation. There's an investment on your part to learn enough to truly enjoy it. So. And
1: if you don't play it, I don't understand why you would.
0: Right. So is that, if we're going to push that, and that this might be a topic for a whole different show. I'm kind of, I apologize that we've wandered down this avenue, but is. How enjoyable the match is to watch, how entertaining the magic itself is, should that be a criteria we're considering when banning cards in uh, a competitive format?
1: I don't think that's fair to do. Okay. Because not all... I mean, honestly, watching a control deck beat you with mill, like when Mithelio um, Drownyard Esper was real popular right towards the end. Yeah. That's not entertaining to watch.
0: Oh God, no! It's not entertaining to to be involved in, in my opinion. Generally
1: not. I don't mind. I like to play because that's kind of my style of magic to play. So, but it's a viable deck. It's a good deck. I mean, it won tournaments. It did well. Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say you can't play Nefarious Drownyard because it's boring? And honestly, like nothing. Like for you, you and because boring, you're not term like people enjoy is very much eye of the beholder. Because watching someone just, like, wind on turn four with goblins, to me, that's kind of boring. Because I don't think that's a lot of interaction. But you got to love it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And look, so, I'll be the first to admit that my fun may not be your fun. And I so, think that's okay. Sometimes that is, I engage in hyperbole on the podcasts I'm on. And I may make it seem like I just want to ban everything that's not the decks that I play. And that's not true. Okay? It, it, like I said, I make it confession time. I don't hate some of these cards as much as I say I do, except for Sensei's Divining Time.
1: It's a little bit true for me, but... (laughs) But, so, I'm just saying, like, because entertainment is in Eye of the Beholder, that you can't even take a consensus of what people find boring and what they don't to watch in Magic. Mm -hmm. Because, honestly, there's matches of decks that I enjoy watching, and sometimes, like... But when two control decks play each other, you're in for a long match of not a lot of interaction. So does that Um, mean control decks are banned?
0: Just going to go make a cup of tea while you
1: guys do whatever it is you're doing. So does that mean we have to ban control decks?
0: Uh, Well, uh, Magic would be a very different place if we did that.
1: Magic would be aggro and midrange.
0: Uh, well, I think it would be combo is what it would be with without true control and permission strategies in the format. The format would very quickly come to be dominated by nothing but combo because there's nothing
1: to stop it. Fair enough. So, but yeah, I mean, that's because I'm like, so I think we can't ban because of what tournament entertainment. Sure. I mean, because eggs wasn't banned because it was boring to watch. Well, maybe a little bit because it was boring to watch, but I think it's because of its lack of interaction. Yeah. And people not liking to. It's sad to say that it goes bang because people don't like to play against it, but people hate to play against it. I mean, uh, no one just pick like I can see someone picking up, Oh, I don't mind playing a control deck, I'll play that this week. No one does that for eggs.
0: No, you God have no.
1: To, you have to like playing eggs. It is it's not something that you'll just pick up. You have to love to play that deck.
0: So speaking and- of things that people hate to play, we should circle back around to Coblade.
1: I don't think people hate it and the this is the reason that wizard I don't know exactly but their explanation for banning Jace the Mind Sculptor and Stoneforge uh-huh. which again,
0: I have it right in front of me.
1: Does it have to do with um, to- uh, poor tournament attendance?
0: Uh, they did mention that. I don't know that that was in the official explanation. I
1: think that was higher. on.
0: Oh, no, there it is. Yeah, it is. It is a little further down in another paragraph. They talk about followed by a drop in attendance. Uh, but here's, here's what they say. I'll just read the beginning of this announcement. So there, there was a time, dear listener, particularly if you're a new magic player, it's very, very rare, but now and then cards get banned in standard. And this happened. So, back in the day, there was a deck, and that deck was called Cawblade. And Cawblade was a blue-white deck. It used uh whatever sword it could get its hands on, whatever the best sword printed at the time was, as well as Squadron Hawks, Stoneforge Mystic, and Jace the Mind Sculptor. And it was a, a fairly it was it was a weird controlly strategy, but it could also just apply a crazy amount of pressure very quickly with uh with the Squadron Hawks, because they essentially replace themselves, Stoneforge Mystic would hunt up your one or two of whatever sword you needed that you handed to the the birds, because that makes flavor sense. And it, the format very quickly became either you're playing Cawblade or you're playing a deck that is designed to beat only Cawblade. And so they actually had essentially an emergency ban in standard. And even though some of these cards were going to rotate out,
1: it was like a month before rotation. Yeah,
0: it was just a couple of months before rotation. Even though they were going to rotate out, they still felt that they had to ban these. So this happened. If you if you want to look for it, uh, maybe maybe I'll put a link to this one in the show notes. Uh, Aaron Forsythe had an article in June of 2011 when this happened, and like I said, I'll just read the beginning of the paragraph here about why these cards were getting banned. The standard metagame is stagnant and unhealthy at the moment, and has been for months. Jace the Mind Sculptor is appearing in winning de- deck lists an alarming percentage of the time, with Stoneforge Mystic appearing almost as often. For reference... of the decks in Day 2 of Grand Prix Singapore contained multiple copies of of Jace, and almost 70% of the Day 2 decks contained Stoneforge Mystic. The numbers from Pro Tour qualifiers and independent large events like the StarCityGames.com open series look very similar. So this was after a couple of months of this going on, and yeah, the format became so stagnant. Now, the pros mostly loved this deck. Because it was extremely skill intensive. If you give two consistent. players the exact same deck, the better player won most of the time.
1: I mean, the consistency.
0: Yeah, it was so cons- it was a well-oiled machine. And it just devoured people. So, they had to ban him. And, uh, that was a thing that happened. But later on, they do mention that, uh, and I quote, but then the formal complaints began pouring in, followed by a drop in attendance pronounced at Pro Tour qualifiers. So, uh, yeah, it was it was bad, like real bad. And that is that is certainly something that Watsi pays attention to. How does the current metagame, how is it affecting tournament attendance? And if it starts to plummet, they will take action. So tournament impact really is a criteria that we should consider.
1: Yeah, it. I don't, I'm trying to think of how I want to. They should take tournament impact into account. Sure, but I don't think that should be such a driving force. I understand that's where they make a lot of money. I understand that's what drives a lot of sales. And I, I mean, I do understand that tournament magic is what keeps Magic afloat. It, it is. And so. However,
0: although, you know, we're probably going to get emails and tweets about that one uh, because the vast majority of magic players are not tournament players. And so it can be argued that the revenue stream is really the kitchen table, folks. But at the same time, tournament magic is part of the engine that keeps the game thriving and healthy. Let's let I think that's a fair statement to make.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we've decided that tournament impact is uh definitely a factor that should be considered, but it should not be the sole factor. No. Okay. What if, what if we become even more degenerate than the Callblade days? What if, what if tomorrow, okay, what if in the next set they accidentally print a card and it becomes literally like a hundred percent of the decks are playing that strategy or something to try and beat that strategy and nothing else?
1: It's hard to say because I understand how that's, how unfun that is. Yeah. And, To me, I think I'd have to look at it more of how – and maybe tournament attendance is the reflection of how unfun something is. Mm -hmm. So maybe that is the gauge they need to use. But I would – I mean, I'd ban it on the merits of how unfun that format is, how not diverse that format is. Sure. Versus a tournament attendance. Because there's going to be a time, and I don't know when because Magic is just – tournaments are getting more and more popular when they dip and it's not because of the like you could have the diverse um, deck pool the tournament levels drop
0: okay so I think what we're seeing here is that tournament attendance is one of the measurable quantities of player dissatisfaction I I think that's what it comes to but I think you're absolutely right Magic so far for the past several years has just been growing and growing and growing and growing, but that's unsustainable. You know, I love the game. I really do. But let's be honest, there are limits. The game can only get so big before, you know, there are people who just don't want to play magic and that's fine. They, they have their other hobbies. Go for it. But I think you're right. There will come a time when tournament attendance will drop, but it won't be because the metagame is unhealthy. It will just be because we've run out of people to get to play Magic. I think that might be a good problem to have, though, if we've managed to capture everybody. Right.
1: So... (laughs)
0: So there are a couple of more factors that I want to mention. Uh, They are related to tournament impact. Uh, So I've already discussed a little bit about Sensei's Divining Top and why I don't think it's healthy for tournament magic because it slows it down too much. There are a couple of cards that I would just instantly ban just because they do not belong in competitive actual magic. And the poster child for this, for me, is Battle of Wits. And I say that because Battle of Wits attempts to make you do something that is extremely difficult from a dexterity standpoint. Actually randomizing like a 250 card deck in a timely fashion is incredibly difficult. There are so few people who can pull that off that it just doesn't actually belong. It, it, once again, it sets up an incentive for you to essentially do a terrible job at randomizing your deck, which is not something that we want to encourage. We need you to randomize your deck. So I would just take Battle of Wits and go, you know what, this card, it, it's basically a silver-bordered card, in my opinion. It has no place in, in actual tournament.
1: I think it should be allowed in online tournaments.
0: Uh, okay, so there comes another question. These cards that, uh, that do slow things down like this... And, boy, we didn't even think about discussing this topic. Is it different in online versus in person? Because online, we can institute chess clock sort of features, right? So let's say I'm playing a Sensei's Divining Top deck. If I'm wasting time, I'm wasting my time, not your time. You right. still get all the time you're entitled to. So is that okay?
1: I'm, I'm okay with that. And I don't know, and I understand time, would the chess clock work for magic?
0: Uh, In paper magic, no. And the reason for that is, uh, and this is, this is another topic that we could discuss in depth on an entire show, quite frankly. Uh, The number of priority passes that we have back and forth in a normal game of magic is stupidly high. In an online version of Magic, that's fine. It can throw up a prompt when it's actually your turn, and it's clear to absolutely everybody whose turn it is and who we're waiting on. In Paper Magic, it can be unclear. Am I waiting on you? Are you waiting on me? Did I not hit my button on my chess clock quickly enough? And do I now need a judge to come back and give you three seconds back? You know, The logistics of it are just crazy, and I think down that path lies madness. That's fair. But online, yeah, you can implement it. And okay, so if we're going to ban certain things in paper, but other things online, is that okay? Do we really want online magic to separate itself permanently from paper magic? Because they become very different games.
1: I think they're almost completely different games. Just because how they're played and handled and things like that. And 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 honestly, because of some lo- the, some of the logistics...
0: You can certainly do things in online magic that you just can't do in paper magic. Um, like, you know, fire games whenever, for instance. Yeah. Um, have search effects that are fast, have shuffle effects that are fast. Um, if you wanted to keep track of cards as they change zones. Mm-hmm. That's not something that you can do nearly as well in paper. Um, but yeah, okay. So again, that might be a topic for, for another day. Uh, but I at least wanted to get the battle of wits thing off of my chest because, Man, I don't care for Battle of Wits. And again, it it kind of falls into a dexterity category for me. It's not quite Chaos Orb, but it ain't great, is what I will say. Uh, All right, so what have we come up with? What have we come down on? Uh, Things that ought to be banned are things that are easily abusable, that speed up the game too much, that oppress the metagame completely there they are format warping that basically everything centers around this card or this deck uh and if they have a huge negative impact on tournament operations or tournament attendance that should be a factor but maybe not the only factor and rich would unban everything in modern except for jace the mind sculptor and burning shul or blazing, blazing. shul sorry
1: um you, for, you um, forgot uh and doesn't have a lot of answers
0: Ah, it doesn't have a lot of answers. Yes, I forgot about it. Because
1: I I think that the other parts doesn't fit ban, banable if it, if there's a lot of answers. Uh, So
0: here's a question. Is the answer to ban the things that don't have answers or simply to print more answers? So for instance, could we print force of will in modern and would that allow us to unban some things in modern?
1: Yeah, I'd be fine with that.
0: Believe it or not, I would be too. And I know that, I, I hope no one was driving while I said that, because I don't want to be responsible for anyone going off the road. But I think that uh, reprinting Force of Will so that it is modern legal would actually be a good idea. I don't think it'll happen because WotC does not like, and they have gone on record as saying this, they don't like free spells. And that's essentially what Phyrexian mana does, and it's what Force of Will does. It makes it so that the, the mana that you have is no longer important for whether you can cast the spell or not. And that's a, that's a very dangerous area to be in. You've got to tread very carefully when doing that, because you can easily warp a format doing that. Yeah. But still, I think that it's an answer that a modern probably needs. Yes, it would make blue decks that much better in modern, but I think it would probably be healthy for the format in the long term. And I'm not just saying that because, uh, you know, they're doing their best to just kill off Legacy and I need to go someplace. But Goblin Lackey in Modern, do it. You know you want it.
1: I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either. But a guy can dream. A guy can dream. All right, anything else we want to say about bannings at this time? You know, I think this is a fruitful area of discussion and as banning announcements happen uh in the future, I'm sure we'll we'll revisit this topic. Um I was talking to some folks on Twitter today uh, just to get some some ideas from uh, some other folks in the magic community about this. And one of the suggestions was that uh one of the things they should do with bannings is not just make them with set releases. In other words, they should ban more, more often. They shouldn't feel constrained to just do them at set releases. And I'm not quite sure that I agree with that. Um, I think it's important that people know that uh, there's some regularity to these things. And that if I invest in a deck today, nothing's going to get banned until the next set releases. And I think it's important to have that stability. That's fair. But that's just me. That's just me. A lot of folks did echo our comments. They are worried about format warping. Um, at least one person who plays vintage thought that pretty much nothing should be banned. And uh, I get that. I, I truly I truly get that. Uh Oh, hey, yeah, actually, now that I mention it, this this guy who tweeted about that, this is this is Grandpa Belcher on Twitter uh he mentions one other kind of card that does get banned immediately and we forgot to mention it at the beginning of the show uh, a card that creates a sub game so like Shahrazad, yeah just forget it no that doesn't belong in in tournament magic because it creates a game within a game that you have to play to then come back to your original game and that's we don't have time for that sorry all right and that's i guess what we have to say about about banning this uh this time around uh anything you want to mention before we wrap this thing up here rich I do not okay well, uh I would like to thank absolutely everyone for listening. i know we're we're still trying to settle into our our new recording schedule, which is uh every two weeks. Uh, we had Thanksgiving crop in there, and so things got a little dicey, uh, but we're doing our best uh, to try and make it more regular for you. Um, I would like to also suggest that everyone do support their local game store, uh, particularly over the holidays. It's a great place to go and hang out with uh, friends and family. Maybe over the holidays, try and introduce someone new to magic. Uh, bring them into the hobby that you love. Unless you don't like them, and then don't bring them into the hobby you love. I guess encourage them to play something else. I, I, I don't know what. I'm not gonna say what because I don't want to, uh, you know, badmouth any other games, but something not, not ours. Uh, other things, if you want to give us some feedback, if we left out some criteria, or if you think we were totally off base, yeah, actually don't tell us if we were totally off base, but if you want to add something to this discussion, you can totally do that. There's a variety of ways to communicate with us. You can find us on the internets. We are cardadvantagecast.com. That's once again, cardadvantagecast.com, not, uh, not, just CardAdvantage.com. Those guys are a retailer. We are not affiliated with them in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you can email us. We are mtgcardadvantage at gmail.com. We are at CardAdvantage on the Twitters. If you want to reach me directly, Twitter's probably your best bet. I am at LockLuzet, spelled just like it is in ye show notes.
1: I am at MindMage. The A and Mage is a four. <laughs>
0: once again, also, just like it is in the show notes. So, uh, like I said, do support your local game store. If you happen to be in Durham, North Carolina, check out Atomic Empire. It is a great shop and you should check it out. Uh, other than that, uh, have, have a good December folks. I know we're coming into the holiday season. It can be stressful. Uh, you'll get through this. It'll be okay. Uh, January is just around the corner and that means that we have Oath of the Gatewatch coming so spoiler season will once again be upon us Anytime now. You'll know because we won't be getting a spoiler card. That's the easy way to tell. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Prove me wrong, Watsy. Prove me wrong. Uh, that's all we have for this time around. It has been episode number 104. Thank you all very much for listening and we will see you all next time. We were the ones
1: you- I feel like we should have had, like, the dun-dun from Law & Order.
0: Dun-dun! Yep. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to prove me wrong, you know. No. Ah, well. It is what it is. Sadly, Yes.